What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! You ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Today, Junior. It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kenston, North Carolina. It is finally Friday. It's football Friday. You know what? Even better than that, it's playoff football Friday, November the 3rd in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 962 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by our good friends over at Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, while they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game, man, do we have another great show for you today here on the first day of the high school football playoffs. Joining me in about 20 minutes, he is, uh, man, he's got a lot of titles. He, uh, he'll be joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line. He's a regular Friday guest. He's a knower of all things NASCAR, Carolina Hurricanes. He's our sideline reporter during our uh, football games here on 960 bet on the bull I, he just does a little he's a, he's a new dad he is uh, just one of the smartest people i know it's uh, the great paul winnington will be joining us uh, man we got a a ton of stuff to talk to him about the championship race of the 2023 nascar season is this weekend in phoenix uh so we're going to pick his brain on that the Carolina Hurricanes still struggling, man. Watched a lot of their third period last night up in New York. And, yes, Jacques Passelegs, New York Rangers, ended up winning that game last night 2-1. to one. So, uh, the Hurricanes, try check this out, man. They've played 11 games. They're 6-5 right now. They're 3-0 and oh at home. Hey, that's all fine and good. Uh, Jacques and I are actually going to go see them Tuesday night uh, when they take on the Buffalo Sabres uh, at uh, PNC Arena. But they're three and five on the road. So they've played 11 games so far this season, three at home, eight on the road. That is just crazy to me. But uh, like I said, they're six and five overall. Uh, they're in fourth place in the Metropolitan Division. I'm not even sure. We'll talk to uh, uh, Paul about that when we talk to him. I'm not even sure they'd make the playoffs right now if the season started or if the playoffs started right now. But bear in mind, it's 11 games in an 82 game season. So. I'm not going to overreact, so you shouldn't either, but we'll talk to uh, Paul about, like I said, the NASCAR Final Four, the race, is, or the final championship race is in Phoenix this weekend. Uh, and again, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, we'll talk to him about tonight's playoff game that we will be bringing you right here on 960 Bet on the Bull, but we'll get to that here in a moment. But uh, Paul Whittington here, like I said, in our next 20 minutes or so, uh, our second hour, man, I am so excited about this. We've been trying to build it up to you here for the last week, week and a half or so, but, uh, it'll be, uh, our, our NIL that we have with, uh, Winston Salem state junior point guard, Isaac Parson, uh, today begins our weekly visits with him and we will be visiting with him every Friday. We call it TGIF with IP. That's right. Thank God it's Friday with Isaac Parson. Very, very excited about that as we will uh, be talking to him. He'll be live from Winston-Salem today. 
Uh, and then throughout the season, wherever he's at on Fridays, that's where next week we'll be talking to him from West Virginia. He will be, uh, he and his team, they kick off uh, their season next week uh, or their 23-24 season in West Virginia at a, uh, where they'll play two games and two nights. So, man, we've got a lot to talk to him about. I, you know, if you remember what we did with Trez last year with uh, Tuesdays with Trez, uh, you know, our visits go, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 minutes sometimes. Might go a little bit longer today since it's the first one of the year. And uh, so we're excited about that. Listen, if you would like to be a sponsor, if you would like to be the title sponsor of TGIF with IP, get in touch with me. Let me know. It is very affordable. It is, uh, it is going to shock you how affordable it is. Uh, but, uh, let me know. And you could, you listening right now could be the title sponsor of TGIF with IP. Just let me know. And I uh, will hook you up from there. But like I said, just so excited, man. So many things we're going to talk to him about, uh, Winston-Salem state, the defending CIAA champions, uh, thanks to IP and his teammates, uh, man, he's got, uh, Jeremy Dixon who played with him at, uh, Kinston high. He's a teammate. And how about Amaji Dodd? You remember him, one of the best, probably the second best player in uh, Green Central history behind Blue Edwards himself. Uh, he's now Winston-Salem State Ram. So, uh, man, we're going to have a lot of fun just talking to him, finding out all this stuff, and then every week uh, we'll be talking to him right here on uh, 960 The Bull uh, or 960 Bet on the Bull and BetOnTheBull.com. Very excited about that. Uh, around 25 minutes into our second hour, we're going to be joined by the head coach, of the Parrot Academy football team, Matt Beeman, four-time state champion Matt Beeman, as uh, he and his Patriots will be going for his fifth state championship. Should be a good game. We will be bringing you that game tonight. Uh, it's going to be in Rocky Mount to take on Faith Christian Academy in the first round of the North Carolina Independent Schools Athletic Association eight-man football playoffs, and you're going to hear it, like I said, right here live on BetOnTheBull.com at 9.60 a.m., you know, as always, it starts with the Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show at 5 o'clock. Uh, myself, uh, Paul, uh, Jason Bryant, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith uh, will bring you that. Uh, that's gonna, that'll lead into, like I said, that starts at 5, then kickoff for the game will be at 7 o'clock. Never been there before, as many stadiums as I've been to in uh, eastern North Carolina and all over North Carolina for that matter. I have never been to Faith Christian before, so this is going to be a new one for me. But uh, we'll get the uh, inside scoop from uh, Parrot Academy head football coach Matt Beeman, like I said, as he'll join us in the second hour. Got a lot of stuff to talk to him about. If this sounds familiar, they're playing Faith Christian. Well, it should. They played each other last week uh, with uh, Faith Christian winning 46-22. to However, the game was played without uh, Parrot Academy uh, starting running back and just all-around star. Two, two, uh, he, he's on both sides of the ball. Uh, Jalen Solomon. So, uh, very excited to see what the difference will be there. And listen, listen, I don't have to tell you this, especially if you're a Parrot Academy fan, uh, Matt Beeman, uh, yeah, the regular season means something to him. It does. I mean, you know, Hey, he wants to win every game that he lines up against, but you know what? Matt Beeman is about one thing that's winning state titles. He's played for six of them. His teams have, his teams have won four of them. He's only been there 11 years. So more than half the time he's been at a Rendell Parrot Academy, they've played for a state title. Like I said, having won four of them. So, uh, you heard him on the show last week that, uh, that he was holding Jalen out said, if, if it was a playoff game last week, he absolutely could have played but held him out for this week because he knows how much more important this week is. Now, the thing that stinks about that is if they had won last week, they would have a home game 
at uh, Hodges Field. But unfortunately, uh, with them losing the game, they've got to go on the road. But uh, that's never stopped uh, the Patriots before. So very excited for that game tonight again. Uh, the Real O Discount Drugs pregame show begins at 5. Uh, you'll hear interviews with Ryan Diesel Gieselman from uh, Kinston High School. From uh, You'll hear from Jay Wilson from Green Central High School as both those teams are in the state playoffs tonight in the NCHSAA. And then, of course, from Matt Beeman, too. We might even get a player, uh, do a player interview for uh, – for the game too, uh, since, uh, I, Hey, I've got two hours to fill and you guys who listen to the, uh, real low discount drugs pregame show, you know, usually we have seven and sometimes even eight interviews and I have, uh, trouble fitting them all in. Shouldn't be trouble tonight. I thought it was funny when we had, uh, Jason Bryan in here yesterday, our regular Thursday guest. And, uh, we were talking about that, about, and you'll hear from him too. He's actually going to be at the Kenston Clinton game. Uh, so he'll give us uh, updates from that game throughout our game tonight. Um, you know, and I may even get David Bryant uh, to uh, get us updates too and see if we can talk to him during the game tonight too and uh, rock him out. But anyway, my point being with the Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show, I, uh, I I tend to do my interviews a little bit long. Coach Jimmy Smith will tell you that and Keith Spence and everybody they all kind of make fun of me about it but you know what i love doing it i love doing the pregame show i don't again what i was trying to say is i don't think that's going to be a problem tonight with uh, only having uh three interviews from the three head coaches but like i said i'm gonna try to fit in an interview with uh from a parrot academy player we're gonna try to uh uh well, we're definitely gonna get jason bryant in our pregame show too as he's gonna be on his way down to uh to t or not teachy that's wallace rose hill as he's going to be on his way to Clinton for uh, the Dark Horses versus Kenston game. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun tonight. The Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show at 5 o'clock. And then live from Rocky Mount, uh, it'll be myself, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith, uh, Keith Spence, Paul Whittington uh, bringing you that game there. So uh, be sure to tune in to all of that tonight. Like I said, we'll have you live updates from the other two games, too, going on. So there you go. Uh, just a little more celebration from, uh, Texas winning the world series a couple of nights ago. Uh, it was just awesome, man. I was, uh, around, uh, around town a little bit wearing my, uh, my, uh, Texas Rangers world series hat. Thank you so much again to John Clemens for hooking me up with that. And Mr. Clemens, his dad, Greg Clemens, I forgot to send you a picture, but I'll, I'm going to be wearing it tonight too. Don't, don't, don't you fear. I'll be wearing it tonight in celebration of, uh, of uh, the Texas Rangers winning and just a good time, man. And just, just reading everything and, uh, just uh, congratulations again to the Rangers. Congratulations again to John Clemens and Janelle Finch and to Shiver person, everybody associated with the Down East Wood Ducks. Just really neat that, uh, a team with two of our players and at times up to 10 or 11 players from the Wood Ducks played on this roster this year. So they're going to end up getting rings. Corey Ragsdale, former manager of the Down East Wood Ducks and first base coach for uh, uh, the Texas Rangers, wins the title too. So we're going to do our best to try to get one of those players or coaches here on the show next week. Uh, after I don't know when the parade's going to be, I'm assuming. I, you know, I don't know. I should know that, but it should be uh, sometime in the next uh, three or four days. Heck, it might even be today. I don't even know. But uh, it should be a lot of uh, celebration in Arlington and Dallas and in that neck of the woods, but, uh, there you go from good news to sad news, uh, former, uh, university of North Carolina and Phoenix sun star <clears throat> Walter Davis, uh, is, uh, 
is uh, died yesterday at the age of 69 of natural causes while he was on a trip to Charlotte. Uh, man, and now he's a little bit before my time, Walter Davis was. Uh, but, I mean, I heard all the stories. I mean, I heard the stories of him and Phil Ford and how uh, just just what a great player he was when he was at Carolina. Then he graduates from Carolina, has a 16-year career in the NBA, so that's primarily where I remember him from and of being a Phoenix Sun. Just a heck of a player, just a great player for both the Tar Heels and uh, the Phoenix Suns. He ended up playing for uh, several franchises uh, during his time, but primarily for the Suns. He was a five-time NBA All-Star, and is, uh, he had his number retired by both the Suns and the Tar Heels. And, uh, man, uh, sad to hear that. Again, one of the all-time legends in, uh, Nor- in the University of North Carolina. Heck, in North Carolina history. He's a uh, North Carolina Sports Hall of Famer. Uh, and just, so again, one of the all time greats played for Dean Smith at the university of North Carolina and sad to hear that news. I've actually met him a couple of times, uh, operation ACC type events. And uh, I think I met him one time at, uh, at a holiday invitational. I can't remember, but I know I've met him at uh, a couple, never really had formally had an interview with him I've, sh- I've shaken hands with him a couple of times. Uh, but, uh, just a, a great guy and, uh, Gone too too soon. Gone too young at the age of sixty nine. Rest in peace, Walter Davis. Uh, as I as I'm hitting stuff here, uh, talking about Walter Davis, Jason Bryant, uh, who passed away at the age of sixty nine uh, yesterday. So, uh, like I said, just rest in peace to him. One of the uh, the great players of uh, of all time in the ACC. I know uh, when they uh, uh, when they did the fifty year anniversary of the ACC. Uh, I was actually still covering the ACC at that point, and he was one of the 50 that was named to the uh, 50 all-time greatest players. So, uh, again, rest in peace, Walter Davis. Uh, one of the things I haven't really talked about and kind of stayed away from this year is uh, is elections, and this is just what shocks me. Uh, we are in a municipal election season here in the city of Kenston, and I, I don't know the last time I've I, ever, I mean, I bear in mind, I worked for the paper forever. And then even, uh, what the first three elections, uh, election cycles here, when we were here with the paper, we would always have candidates on, didn't have any candidates approach us this year. Well, I did have one. I'm not going to mention the name, but did have one that approaches about coming on the show. Uh, and I got to admit, and listen, Chris Suggs is not a candidate this year. Uh, he, he was elected two years ago and, uh, he put, he had a post up on Facebook about it and he's absolutely right. I have never seen so little said about a municipal election or any election for that matter. Uh, and it's right around the corner guys. It's Tuesday. This Tuesday is election day here in the city of Kenston. I'm sure there are other municipal elections, uh, on in the other cities that we're listening to, uh, here, I know pink Hills, uh, electing some people, man, all the mess that's been going down there. In the last little bit, I know LaGrange has got elections too, and that's right here in Lenora County. I can't speak for Newburn or Greenville or Snow Hill or any of those other uh, municipalities, but I'm sure everybody does too. But And I've got to admit, I have done as little election prep for myself personally. That's one of the things I pride myself on is uh, trying to find out stuff about the candidates. I know here in Kinston, and I'm going to forget everybody's name, so I'm not even going to mention names here of candidates in uh, Kinston. But uh, get out and vote. Do your research. Do your homework. And uh, find out who you're going to vote for. Like I said, I know here in Kinston, we've got uh, three spots that are open on the Kinston City Council. Uh, 
So uh, I, I will do my proper homework, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking, like I said, usually we have candidates on here, but I know there are five declared candidates, and there's one write-in candidate that people are uh, getting behind. So uh, do your homework, find out who you're going to vote for, and do that on a Tuesday. Before that, though, we're going to have – it's fallback time, uh, and I know people don't like it getting dark at 4 o'clock. I'm not a huge fan of it myself. Not not really 4, but really about 4.30, 4.45, uh, the sun will be down, and uh, guess what? We're about to hit that again here. But this Saturday, uh, the thing I'm most excited about, you know, the darkness, that is what it is. Dark, here, darkness, my old friend. How does that song go, Jason? And Spence, Spence, I just saw your message. Ah, Keith Spence will not be with us tonight in Rocky Mount, and I can understand that. That's a that's a pretty big haul for him uh, after closing the shop and to get there on time and everything. I appreciate it, though, Spence. But, Spence, you'll be listening, though, right? So uh, <laughs> we'll give you much love, and I will be talking about how much I miss you as I'm trying to keep stats and do the game tonight from uh, Rocky Mount. But, uh where was I going with that? Oh, fallback, fallback time is uh, this uh, is is Saturday night, and I'm a bigger fan of that. I'll get an extra hour of sleep. If you know me very well, you know I'm a uh, uh, a napologist. I am somebody that takes very very seriously uh, getting my naps and making sure I get plenty of sleep. And so I get an extra hour Saturday night. So I am uh, very very excited about that. I can deal with the darkness. Because I'll get that nap, so pretty excited about that. So remember, turn back your clocks Saturday night, or you will be at church an hour late on Sunday morning, and nobody wants that. God doesn't want that. You don't want that. The deacons don't want that. Uh, So uh, make sure you uh, get your clocks turned back before you go to bed Saturday night. Uh, Let's see what else before I get. Uh, I tell you what, let's do a little... uh, uh, high school football talk again tonight, the Davis wholesale tire game of the week. It's fifth seated, Arundel Parrot Academy, who is five and four overall. They're fourth seated Rocky Mount faith Christian. Uh, obviously I don't even, well, they don't know if it's obvious to you, if you're just listening to this, but, uh, they played last week, uh, with uh, faith Christian winning 46 to 22. This will be the uh, 10th matchup all time between these teams since 2017, that's right. They've uh, now play. They've played each other ten times, counting tonight. Uh, this will be the third playoff matchup that they've had. They played in 2018. Faith Christian won that one. 2019, Parrot Academy won that game. And uh, again, it's going to be a fun, fun, fun game tonight. Uh, again, the Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show begins at five o'clock. The uh, uh, Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week itself kicks off at seven o'clock, which we're down another person. We're da- it's down to just me and Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith and Paul Whittington now. Man, if I talk to Paul here in a couple minutes and he tells me that uh, he's not going to be there either, man, that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a tough night for uh, me and Coach Smith. Man, please don't let me, Coach Smith. Hey, I don't want to be by myself in Rocky Mount tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, but uh, like I said, the pregame show will start at uh, 5 with uh, Paul and I and then Coach Jimmy Smith joining us. Uh, you know what? We may even call Keith, too. we got to get his picks for uh, tonight's game, so we'll, we'll, we'll go with that, too. But, uh, again, that'll be tonight on uh, – uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Uh, other games tonight, and then we're talking about Jason Bryant, the game he is going to be at tonight giving us reports. Kinston is at Clinton. Kinston is 4-6 and six overall. Uh, they finished fifth in the seven-team uh, East Central 2A. 
They are taking on uh, Clinton, who is 10-0 and 0, and uh, the best team in 2A football in the state of North Carolina this year. Uh, the Dark Horses have scored 517 points this season. They only gave up 115. So, yes, a 10-game season. It's easy. Even I can do that math, uh, Jason Bryant and Keith Spence. Uh, the Dark Horses have averaged 51.7 points a game this year uh, and, and only given up 11.5 points. The closest game Clinton had all season long was all the way back on September 21st when a 26-point win over Princeton. Clinton beat Princeton 40-14. to uh, The teams have faced each other one time, or the programs have. That was back in the 2018 playoffs when Kinston went into the game uh, and was actually an underdog. They were 11-0 and going into the game, and uh, they ended up beating uh, Clinton 21-13 in the second round of that game. So uh, a second time they've ever played each other, both times in the playoffs. That's going to be exciting. The only other playoff game we've got in our neck of the woods is Green Central. Uh, they are 4-6 and six overall. Also, they finished fourth in the uh, in the Eastern Plains 2A. They take on Wallace Rose Hill. They go to Teachy to take on the Bulldogs of Wallace Rose Hill, who is 7-3 and three overall. They finished first in the East Central 2A at a 6-0. and 0. It'll be the, This is the thing that shocked me. Uh, that just blew my mind. It's the first ever meeting between the Rams and the Bulldogs. I cannot believe in, what, 61 years or more than that. Heck, they've been playing since 1960 at uh, Green Central. So, what, 63 years, whatever. Uh, and however long Wallace Rose Hill's been playing football, which is <laughs> forever, too. These two programs have never faced each other, but this will be the first time they have. Uh, it should be a pretty exciting matchup for uh, in that game, too. So, uh, but you'll hear from uh, head football coach Jay Wilson. Uh, you'll hear from Kenston head football coach Ryan Diesel Geesman, and of course Matt Beeman on a Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show, which begins at uh, five o'clock today, right here on BetOnTheBull.com. Uh, last night in NBA action, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans played. They did win last night versus Detroit, one twenty-five to one fifteen. However, they played again without Brandon Ingram. Uh, the Associated Press reported that uh, B.I. missed his third straight game due to right knee tendonitis, and I hope that's something that uh, they get solved pretty quick there because we want the Pelicans to go deep. Uh, I know Zion didn't play last night either, so uh, a game without Zion and uh, Brandon Butt uh, taking on the, the woeful Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Pelicans won that game. They play uh, tomorrow at home versus Atlanta, so I'm really hoping uh, Brandon gets back. Uh, Reggie uh, Bullock and the uh, Reggie Bullock Jr. and the Houston Rockets. Uh, they were off last night. They play their next game also tomorrow, and it is at home, and that is against Sacramento. Hey, I do this every day. The local updates. If you know of other players, listen. We've got Brandon, Reggie, uh, Derek Rivers, obviously playing for the uh, Houston Texans. Uh, Damian Dunn playing for the University of Houston. Trez playing for Georgetown. Isaac Parson, Jeremy Dixon, Amaji Dodd playing for Winston-Salem State, Jerry Stackhouse coaching Vanderbilt. But if you know of any other players that are playing uh, college basketball, I know Chance Minot is somewhere. Uh, I'll get that scored away for you guys. But if you know of any other players playing somewhere, uh, let me know because I, when basketball season gets really fired up, I uh, would like to uh, get that out to everybody and let them know who is playing where. Okay, let's get Paul Whittington up on the line with us here. But before we do that, let's thank Lenore Community College. For 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, 
cultural and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trent to find out how you can change your life today. And again, thank you so much to our good friends, Richie Honeycutt, Dr. Rusty Hunt, all the folks over at LCC for uh, being the title sponsor of the Brian Hank Show. And on the line with me, on the Spence Automotive guest line with me right now, the uh, he, he's a proud LCC alum himself, a proud ECU alum. He's a, a, a proud daddy that's been in that job now for a few weeks. Uh, he's our NASCAR expert. He is our uh, Carolina Hurricanes expert. He's our sideline reporter for tonight's game in Rocky Mount. It's our good friend Paul Whittington joining us. Uh, how about that introduction? That's a pretty good introduction, isn't it? That was that was quite the introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> there you go. How are you doing this morning? I am doing good, man. I'm uh, fired up for tonight's playoff game in Rocky Mount. I want to see what uh, – and I tell you, what, why don't we start there with everything we've got to talk to you about today. Uh, I think that's as good a jumping off point as any, Paul, is, uh, the Arundel Parrot Academy Patriots five and four overall traveling to Rocky Mount Faith Christian take on a team. They played just last week and lost to 46 to 22. However, without Jalen Solomon, uh, Rocky Mount Faith are five and three. Uh, just your thoughts on this game as uh, we'll be uh, bringing it to the good people here of Kinston tonight on, uh, bet on the bull.com. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I haven't, I haven't been able to see uh, Parrot Academy all year, so excited to be down there on the sideline with with Matt Beeman and his Patriots tonight. Uh, I enjoy eight-man playoff football. I think it's exciting. It's uh, it, it, Eight-man football is always very high scoring, but the playoffs seem to add another another element to that. So I know I'll be getting my steps in. I'll be going <laughs> down and back, down and back. Um, but I'm going to be getting my steps in in the cold, Brian. And I don't know that I love that. I yeah. don't know that I love that it's going to be really cold down there. Uh, we're looking at temperatures in the mid forties, low fifties to mid to to mid forties through through tonight. Give me a little chilly. Yeah, but you'll dress warmly, and you're you're a soldier, and uh, I'm not worried about that. You're, you're and I bet you'll be, you you'll look good too doing it. Okay. Says the one who will probably be in the warm press box well i see i don't know i've never i was saying that in my monologue dude i have never been yeah. to faith christian before i don't know what their press box setup is uh that'll be one of the, believe me that's gonna be one of the things i talked to uh coach beeman about here uh, as we'll talk to him uh in our second hour because dude hey you know what if they win you know where they're at next week right if parrot wins i do not uh, at Wayne Christian, if I'm correct, and I'm almost no. no, 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 no. Do you remember the Wayne Christian press box set up? No, I don't. We went there. We went there. You and I swapped places. You let me do the second half on the field because they ran them off the field so bad last year. Theirs is an open. It's not even a press box. If I remember correctly, it was just like a sheet of plywood. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's the it's the open air kind of thing. And I'm looking here on Google Maps. There is. Uh, at the football field at Faith Christian, there is two stands on the home <laughs> side, and there is some sort of covered press box. It's 
hard to tell if it's open air or not, but it looks like it could be. Okay. Well, the main it's thing tonight is, I, and I just uh, talk about breaking news. I got some depressing breaking news. Our boy Keith Spence is not going to be there with us tonight. Oh, no. I Come know. On, for, no, hey, hey, I ain't saying anything, man. Yeah. That son of a gun worked for us all season long and uh, <laughs> yeah, and did, kept me stress-free all season long uh, with stats and stuff. I'm good. I'm good. I, I Hey, I appreciate everything you did. I just, I've got to remember how to keep stats again, dude. I have, for the first time, dude, check this out, man. All the football seasons I've covered, I in 1991 was my first season doing it. So this is my 33rd year of keeping stat or of covering football. I have never had a season where I didn't keep stats, dude. So uh, I've got to somehow learn how to uh, get back into it tonight. Okay, so so pray for your boy Brian. Yeah, you're going to be uh, freezing your gazungas off down on the sideline, but <laughs> I'll be up in the press box trying to remember how to add numbers. Okay. Well. Bring your calculator. That's the best <laughs> advice I can give you. That's good. That's good. That's what I'll do. Well, listen, we'll get your pick tonight going into the game, so I'm not asking you for your pick, but what are you anticipating? Especially, like I said, and, you know, listen, and I'm going to reiterate what I said a few minutes ago in my monologue, but that, listen, don't get it twisted. Matt Beeman respects the regular season. He wants to win every game that he uh, coaches in, but, uh he he sees the big picture too. I mean, and in playing Jalen Solomon last week, I think what he said uh, during a Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show, uh, Paul was that if he I about called you Matt, but uh, in our uh, pregame show last week, he said, "Listen, the uh, trainer said that uh, he'd be at about seventy percent last week if he played, but if he got that extra that one more week off, he'd be very close to a hundred percent." I think he weighed it and he said, "You know what?" If we lose this regular season game, we lose it, but I want him to be ready for the playoff game. And, I mean, that, that's just the way Matt is. I mean, the way Coach Beeman is, is he is more concerned with the playoffs than he is the regular season. And it's it, – hey, four state championships speak for themselves, don't they, Paul? They certainly do. Uh, they certainly do. I think, again, what I anticipate for tonight is is a high-scoring affair. Yeah, they've, uh, Barrett's got one of their heavy hitters, hopefully back in the lineup tonight uh, with him there. I think uh, that game last week is maybe a little bit closer. Um, I don't, I don't really know anything about Faith Christian, so not sure if they still would have won or not. But it's definitely a little bit closer, and hopefully, uh, by by the time that scoreboard hits four zeros tonight, we're talking about a pair pair team that has has taken down Faith Christian. Well, you didn't because you were out uh, after having having a, a baby. But uh, we covered them at Kerry Christian this year, or not at Kerry Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Kerry Christian at Hodges Field here in Kinston versus Parrot, and it was the uh, is the darndest thing I've seen uh, from Parrot Academy, Paul. They used, I mean, I'm talking about starting in the first quarter. They used the clock. I mean, they used the clock all the way down to uh, you know the final couple of seconds every time. Rush the ball, if I remember, dude. And Keith Spence, if you're still listening, dude, let me know. But in the Kerry Christian game, dude, it must have been. I think Jalen Solomon handled the ball 35, 36 times that game, dude, where it was handoffs. Oh, wow. Yeah, no joke. But what I'm saying is they slowed down the pace of the game. So that's the only where mm-hmm. only place where I'll disagree with you a little bit on high score. I'm actually seeing a I'm, – I'm going to go ahead. Listen, I'm a homer. You know who I am. I'm picking Parrott to win that game tonight, and I think it's going to be a – oh, a 24-22, a 22-22. 20 kind of game with uh parrot winning the game because of the ball control i think they're going to do exactly the same game plan 
they had against Kerry Christian, and they're just going to try to control the clock. They're going to try to control the ball. Uh, you're going to see a lot of Jalen Solomon tonight. It will not be, and I can't believe I didn't even lead with this, Paul. It's not going to be like the first half of last week's game when you were sprinting up and down the uh, field and 96 points scored in the first half with Kinston and North Lenore last week, dude. Didn't you Didn't you predict that game was going to be like 30 points total scored? <laughs> well, hey, and I we was, scored like 90 in the first half. <laughs> they scored 96 in the first half, 60 to 36. Dude, I will be surprised if either Kenson or North Lenore scores 60 points. Well, dude, they'll never score 60 points. When's the last time you saw a basketball team, a high school basketball <laughs> team, not named Farmville Central, score 60 points and a half, dude? I'm telling you, it was just amazing. And again, just watching you run up and down the field last week was awesome. I had Jay Wilson <laughs> on one side of me, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith on the other. It was it was a lot of fun last week, dude. But uh, it certainly was. But but hey, to, it was six to six in the second half, and that's that's the game I thought we were going to see was a six to six halftime right. or second half, dude. Yeah, yeah, it was it was much better in the second half. That first half was a struggle, no doubt. <laughs> it did. How about you? You're talking about getting your steps. You got your steps in it in the first half, didn't you? I certainly did. I think by the end of the night, I had walked. Uh, I put I put my Apple Watch on just before the start of the game. Uh, and, and we had about two miles registered by, by the end of the night. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. You walked two miles in three hours, man. Actually, it was more than three hours. Our game went, our game went long last week, or it was close to three hours, whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, but like I said, we'll get your picks from you, uh, tonight. Uh, we've got three games there. We'll be uh, picking a few other games too. Cause I, I got to make up some space on, uh, you guys. I don't even have the standings right here in front of me either, but. Uh, we'll have that for you with Rillo Discount Drugs uh, pregame show. Hey, thank you, Keith Spence. He, he just sent me these numbers. What a great guy, dude. Are you ready for this, Paul Whittington? Jalen Solomon Jalen Solomon against uh, Kerry Christian. 36 carries, 254 yards, and four touchdowns. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know how who, many. Sorry, offense, who, is that, who is that against? Uh, against Kerry Christian, who is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and again, like I said, I don't know how many offensive snaps, uh, parent Academy, parent Academy had, but it couldn't have been, uh, here you go. Uh, Carrie had, or, uh, here you go. I uh, Thank you. Keith Spence, man. He's looking up everything for me here. They had 59 plays. Okay. 36 of them were, uh, Solomon, uh, carrying the ball. They had 55 rushes and four passes in the game. Parrot Academy did. When's the last time you saw Parrot Academy well, do that in any game, dude? I don't think I've ever seen him do that. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to remember. It's been a long, long time since, uh, I've seen that myself. So thank you, Keith Spence for all those numbers. So there you go. Like I said, we'll get, uh, all the predictions. We'll get, uh, Keith's predictions. We'll get, uh, uh, Paul Whittington's everybody's in the Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show tonight, so appreciate that. Well, let's uh, let's uh, talk about what we pay you for. Wait a minute, do we pay you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, you were asking. I'm sorry, I thought that was rhetorical. Oh, <laughs> um, it, I well, the check is in the mail, I think. Uh, so maybe you do. I, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, so here we go. Uh, let's talk a little NASCAR here. Uh, it, it comes down to this, uh, this Sunday, I got to tell you, I'll be, uh, I'll have my fat butt in the, in the Hank's man cave. 
uh, watching, uh, what, four games on one TV, four NFL games on one TV, uh, try to get three or four on another TV. But on the big TV, though, dude, I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have uh, the NASCAR championship race that is going to be uh, live from Phoenix. I believe it doesn't it start at it starts at two o'clock our time or three o'clock our time. Ooh, you got me there. I, I think it's three o'clock our time because okay. they are out west. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, hold on. I'm, I'm calling it up here. I had uh, all this other stuff. Da, 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 da. Friday. I can't believe I didn't have Jayski pulled up ready to roll. Three o'clock, uh, but it will right, be dude. three o'clock. Yeah. Three three o'clock showtime. Green flag will fly at three thirty-two p.m. Eastern time. Well, there you go. So, uh, but like I said, I'll have that on uh, on the big TV because uh, you've got me all fired up for this. We have got a uh, man. We've got us a championship this. Uh, mm-hmm. This uh, this Sunday, I mean, Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, William Byron, who are going to be uh, battling it out. Uh, and you're the expert. I'd like for you to tell everybody, okay, it's those four. Uh, how, how is the championship determined uh, in, in the NASCAR championship, Paul Whittington? Yeah, the formula is simple. Uh, be the first driver to cross the finish line ahead of the other three. Uh, you don't necessarily have to win the race. You can finish second. You just got to make sure that, Whoever wins it isn't uh, currently a driver in the playoffs. So it's, it's really that simple. Be the first one of those four drivers to cross the finish line. Uh, historically, the, the driver who won the championship had to win the race. Uh, that's in the 10 years or so that we've done this now. Nine times the driver that won the championship won the race, the exception. In 2019, Denny Hamlin won the race but had been eliminated in the round of eight. Kyle Busch finished second, won the championship. Uh, so, again, we're probably going to see one of these four drivers win on Sunday. But, uh, again, they don't have to. They just have to be the first one to cross the finish line. So, conceivably then, conceivably, uh, I'm just going to do it in the order here, Blaney, Bell, Larson, and Byron. Say Blaney finishes 28th and the other drivers finish behind him, he could still win the championship having finished 28th in the race as long as they finish behind him. Conceivably, there are 36 entries. If all four of them wreck out on lap one, whichever one has scored 33rd is your champion. Dude, would NASCAR absolutely freaking hate that or what? Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yes, NASCAR would hate every part of it, um, but, but that would be that would be really funny. But it is funny that you said uh... – that in previous championship races, though, that that has never happened. It's always that the champion ends up winning it or being very close to the top, at least. Uh, that that well, it's, it's it, it's happened every year but one. Wow! So twenty nineteen, uh, Kyle Busch won the championship, but he finished second uh, in the final race, and it was Denny Hamlin that won the race. But Denny Hamlin had been eliminated the week prior. Okay. Well, very good, dude. Well, uh, that's uh, again, uh, again, that's got something to put that has to put a smile on NASCAR's face because, again, mm-hmm. uh, even if say your top one finished ninth, you don't want the champion of your your circuit finishing ninth in a race. Now, how's that happen? Like in the lower series, like Infinity and the Truck. I mean, has it been pretty much close to the same way there with those two? You know, I'm not sure. Um, I think for the most part, it has. Uh, we've never had a situation where the person that went on to the to win the championship in the final in the final race 
uh, finished worse than like 10th. Okay. Uh, they've always been top 10 cars, but I, I think for the most part, the, the drivers that have won the championships in the respective series have finished very close to the front. I remember in 2020 when uh, Chase Elliott won his championship, uh, Sheldon Creed, who won the Truck Series championship, finished first on Friday night. Uh, and I forget the driver who won the Xfinity championship. I'm relatively certain he won the race as well. So it, it happens pretty much the same. Okay. Because what you're going to see, well, no, no, you won't see that. Never mind. I don't know what I was about to say, but uh, well, the cream yeah. rises to I mean, the top, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's where we're going with this. I mean, these cars are going to be hooked up. I mean, they're not going to be leaps and bounds above the other cars. Like I don't mean that, but I mean these these teams, especially if you're uh, Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson, you've had a couple of weeks now to prepare for this race, so they're going to be fast. No question. That is awesome. That voice you listen to, Paul Whittington, as we are talking a little NASCAR here. Well, let's uh, let's jump into it, not just the uh, the macro view. Let's uh, jump into these four drivers that are going to be racing for the championship. Uh, Ryan Blaney in a Ford, Christopher Bell in a Toyota, Kyle Larson, William Byron, both in uh, Hendrick Chevrolets. Uh, who's uh, who's your favorite going into this? It's tough. It, it it's really tough because. You can make a case for, for all three of these drivers, or for three out of four of these drivers. You can really make a case for all four. You know, we made the case for Christopher Bell last year because, you know, he, he needed a walk off. He needed a, he was in a must win at the last race of the round of 12. He, he found the win. He was in a must win in the, at Martinsville and found the win to punch his ticket to the round of four. It seemed like it was coming up all Christopher Bell. Uh, you look at his stats in the ne- in a next gen race car at Phoenix. Uh, he only has two top tens over three races and an average finish of 14. Uh, you go to Kyle Larson, uh, a guy who had to win at Phoenix uh, in 2021 to win the championship. That was not in a next gen car. In a next gen car, Kyle Larson, three races, one top, one top five, two top tens, and an average finish of 15.7. Here's where it gets really fun, Brian. Ryan Blaney, who has finished second. In the last two races at Phoenix, so earlier this year and the end of last year, three top fives, three top tens, an average finish of 2.7. So we know he knows how to get around uh, the Phoenix Raceway. And then William Byron, who actually won at Phoenix earlier this year, uh, three races, one one win, one top five, two top tens, an average finish of 8.3. So I think it's – I mean – when we look at the analytics, and you know, we looked at the analytics last week surrounding Denny Hamlin, and the analytics were right; he did not make it. Uh, when we look at the analytics this week, you got to look at Ryan Blaney and William Byron as the two favorites because much of NASCAR is all about what have you done for me lately. Ah, you're right about that. Uh, you know what? You you've mentioned Denny Hamlin now a couple of times. If I'm correct with that thing that uh, Tyler Reddick did last year that remember you know going around Martinsville up against the wall that knocked that knocked Denny Hamlin down to fifth and now he's he was the first one out last year he's the first one out this year yeah I'm correct about that right correct well it was Ross Chastain that did the Ross Chastain Uh, my bad my bad yes Chastain but yes you're you're absolutely correct he was first one out last year first one out this year (laughs) and and here's here's where it gets really fun Brian because we we talked about this last week. Denny Hamlin 
Uh, coming into the race last week, over three races, had two top fives, two top tens, an average finish of 12.3. And he had led 18% of the laps that he had run in a next-gen car at Martinsville, which is a lot. It's it's a lot. You fast forward to last, or you fast forward to the race, I guess rewind, to the race last week. Denny Hamlin led the most laps, 156 laps. Denny Hamlin led, which is roughly 18, 20%, somewhere in there. Um, came up short, finished third. Wow. And and what really sucked for him is William Byron had a bad day. Yeah. Actually finished one lap down. William Byron did not have a good day. Uh, never really broke inside the top ten. Uh, there at the end, it was just cautions that, that went the way of the, the 24 and not the way of the eleven. But the 11 won stage one and finished second in stage two. That is crazy, man. That is absolutely crazy. And just uh, the way the way the cookie crumbles, I guess, man. And uh, uh, why is Denny Hamlin so unpopular? I mean, I, I know I'm bouncing all over the place here, but that's one of the things that, you know, when he didn't make it and when he does win races, he gets booed a lot. This is the the re-education of Brian Hanks and NASCAR by Paul Whittington again, but I don't get it. I mean, because Denny Hamlin, when I stopped caring about NASCAR in the early 2000s or even, you know, 02, 03, 04 in that range, he was a pretty popular driver. I mean, he came up the right way. He came up through, uh, uh, you know, what, South Boston, Virginia, and did, and used to race here in Eastern North Carolina a lot, too. Uh, why and when did he become so unpopular with NASCAR fans, Paul? Uh, I think it's been a slow decline over just a, a number of seasons. Uh, and, and I think there's been a lot of contributing factors. Uh, Denny Hamlin has – you have some drivers that just wear the black hat. They just go out there on the racetrack and they just, they just end up wearing the black hat. Denny Hamlin, in some ways, has gone out of his way to wear the black hat. Okay. Uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, and, and I mean, there are a number of dri- drivers in the garage area that that are that are very guilty of this. Uh, Denny Hamlin is one of them. You'll roll your eyes when I say this, but uh, Joey Logano is one of them. What? Um, they're they're not the only two. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Busch is is one of them. Brad Keselowski is a big one of them. Um, that. They will complain when someone races them hard or moves them out of the way or whatever, but then they'll go out there the next week and, and, and do it to somebody completely different, not even the person that did it to them. Um, and so there's like this hypocrisy in, in the way that they, they race and the way that they talk about how they were raced. Um, in my opinion, Denny Hamlin carries himself with my opinion is more important than yours. Um, and I think anybody like that is, is not liked, but the real turning point for Denny Hamlin, pun intended, is you go back to, uh, I think it was 2018, 2017, somewhere in there. Uh, it was Chase Elliott's last year in the 24. Uh, Chase Elliott had still not won a race. It was his, I think, end of his second season in NASCAR. We're running at Martinsville. Uh, I believe both of them were still in in the round of eight. And it was a late race restart. Chase Elliott jumps out ahead 
And going into turn one and two, I think it was, or maybe it was three and four, doesn't matter. Denny Hamlin just drives into the corner with absolutely no ability to make the corner, gets into the back of Chase Elliott and spins him out and throws him into the wall. I mean, just absolutely dumped him. Um, and that was really the, you know, like it had been a steady decline for Denny Hamlin, but that was really the turning point. Wow. Well, I appreciate that. Well, listen, Keith Spence jumped in. He has a reason why he thinks, uh, Hamlin McCain. He said he became unpopular when he started making stupid commercials. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. The, um, the commercial, I think it was a Domino's commercial when he was wearing his driver's suit and they called it his PJ. Uh, that was actually one of the more popular Denny Hamlin things. I mean, he was, he mentioned one time on, in an interview that he had, he had started going places in public, um, and more people recognized him for that commercial than for actually being the driver of the number 11 car. And people would constantly shout at him. Hey, Denny, I love your PJs. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. Okay, let's break this down here and give me about, I don't know, 30, 45 seconds each. But, uh, and let's start with Blaney. Uh, why do you think Blaney will win? Why will Blaney not win? Well, I, I think he'll win for the same reason I think he won't win. Uh, he's been runner up here two, week, two, two races in a row. Okay. Uh, so all he's got to do is improve his position by one. Okay. But dude, that's why I think he won't win. I love it. Nice <laughs> because succinct. he's been runner up here two weeks in a row. No, 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 dude. I appreciate that. I like that. Nice, succinct uh, uh, analysis there. Okay. Christopher Bell, why will he win? Why won't he win? Uh, Joe Gibbs has proven that they know how to run well at this racetrack. Um, it, there's no doubt in my mind Toyota's going all in on the 20 car this weekend. Um, and he has proven that. He can win in must-win situations. Uh, why he won't win? I, I just I think there's too much experience ahead of him uh, in, in in the championship four. Uh, there there is one champion already in the championship four, uh, and there's two other guys that are also looking for their first championship that have better finishes at this racetrack. Um, and you know I know you'll roll your eyes when I say this too, but. To win the championship, you're going to have to go through half of Hendrick Motorsports. Yep. Well, and let's talk about Hendrick Motorsports, and we'll start with Kyle Larson. Uh, why will Carl, Kyle Larson win the championship? Why won't he win it, Paul? Well, he'll win it because he's done it before. Uh, he's won at this racetrack before. He's, he knows how to get around Phoenix. That car, pretty typically fast. Uh, and, and Kyle Larson's a will man. Why he won't win it? Uh, he has not been good at this racetrack in in the next gen race car. Uh, compared to all four of the the playoff drivers, he has the worst average finish at Phoenix in the next gen race car, fifteen point seven. So maybe in next gen racing, this ain't Kyle Larson's track. Wow, I do. Dude, this is so good, man. Okay, and then finally, William Byron. Why will he win the championship? Why won't he win it? Why he will win it? He won here earlier this year. He's got one top five, two top tens, and a win to his name. Uh, William Byron is going to be running uh, his Exalta paint scheme this, this year, which is a little bit of a, a return to the rainbow scheme that Jeff Gordon made famous in the in the 24, although a different take on it. 
Um, and we know all the championships that Jeff Gordon had. Uh, man, I can't think of a reason why he won't win it because that 24 is going to win it, Brian. Okay. Hey, I didn't even know this was the direction you were going to go with it. That was my last question as we wrap up our NASCAR talk before we get into Carolina Hurricanes is uh, Paul Whittington, who is going to win the NASCAR, the 2023 NASCAR championship? Yeah, you know, William Byron hasn't had two races in a row that haven't gone his way. Or let me me rephrase, William Byron hasn't had two bad races in a row really all season long. Uh, They have been the car to beat. They've got the most wins on the season. They've proven they know how to win at Phoenix. Uh, It's William Byron's year. He wins his first championship on Sunday. Wow. And that'll be another feather in the cap of uh, Rick Hendrick and Hendrick Motorsports who have, what, won championships with Terry Labonte, Jeff Gordon, uh, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, who else is one? Uh, Chase Elliott won a championship with him. How many – who am I leaving out there, uh, Hendrick Motorsports drivers? Uh, I mean, Jimmy Johnson won seven. Chase Elliott – or uh, Jeff Gordon won four. Uh, Kyle Larson's won one. There you go. Uh Terry Labonte, Terry Labonte won, yep. won, won a couple. Um, I think that's, I think that's it. Uh, what's interesting. Well, I guess when you look at historic numbers in, in NASCAR, you know, the 43, the three, the 24, uh, all those championships won by Richard Petty, uh, Dell Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, none of those cars have returned to a championship with a new driver. Uh, and you can make the argument that the five that that the five did with with Kyle Larson taking over the five and winning a championship after Terry Labonte. Um, but I mean, if we're being real, like yes, Terry Labonte is a legend in NASCAR, but nowhere near the status of some of the drivers that I just mentioned. So uh, it would be a very historic moment on Sunday if uh, William Byron can wheel the 24 car back to a championship. Well, there you go. So you've got William Byron winning it. That, that, that'll be exciting. And, uh, listen, I, I've got no problem with a fresh face. That would be his first championship. And, uh, that would be kind of neat. Okay. Let's switch lanes. Hold on, hold on. Who, who, do, who do you have? Dude, you know, I got Ryan Blaney, man. I mean, I got to go with the blue oval, you know? <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, now you presented great facts about Kyle Larson, but dude, just listen the best you call him a wheel man i love that dude that's a very good way to describe him man i mean he is he is a heck of a driver i feel like if you put him in a tractor and put him in a tractor race or a lawnmower race or something like that kyle larson's gonna find a way to win it don't you think he, he certainly could and so honestly I, I, I joke about the blaney part uh, i don't think blaney's gonna win. i think kyle larson's gonna win but I love the fact I love, dude, you presented the William Byron case. Just excellent. Very excellent. The way you always do, man. So I, that's probably who I'd go with, but I, I, if I had to put my hard earned money down on it, I would probably say Kyle Larson because I just think, you, you know, what's, go ahead. You know, you know, it's funny. <laughs> this cracks me up. So I was on March show earlier this week and, and we talked about predictions to win and and I, and I brought you up, and I said, you know, <laughs> he said who he had, and I, and I think he was maybe taking Kyle Larson. I, I took William Byron. I said, I know mine's a homer pick a little bit, but you know, looking at the analytics, I think it's the best option. I said, but I know, I know when you talk to Brian tomorrow, he's <laughs> going to pick his, his blue oval. He's going to go with Ford, 
and he's going to make that homer pick. And I said, but, you know, now that I say that, he'll probably surprise the heck out of me and just tell me it's going to be Kyle Larson. Ah, there you go. And I did not hear that show. That's, that's awesome. Dude, I, as much as I would love to see Ford there in back-to-back years yeah. with uh, America's driver Joey Logano winning last year, I just I, – I don't see it. I just – I really don't see it. I know Blaney's been kind of hot lately, but – uh, I think I think it's going to be uh, that bow tie in uh, victory lane, whether it's Larson or Byron. Uh, and you've kind of talked me into Byron a little bit, but if you'd asked me before yeah. you presented your case, I would have definitely I would have said Larson. So anyway, there you go. Uh, that wraps up. We will talk about that next week. the The final of uh, the final race of the twenty twenty three season. Uh, let's switch lanes over to uh, our Carolina Hurricane. To I got to tell you, I watched pretty much the entire third period of their loss uh, at Madison Square Garden last night against the Rangers, a 2-1 to one loss. And I, Paul, what is wrong? I mean, and bearing in mind, and I said this in my monologue, dude, they have played, th- they're 6-5 and five right now. They've played three home games. They've now played eight games on the road, so what? <laughs> uh, th- three versus eight. And for them to be fi- over 500, I, I don't think that's that bad, but... I just, dude, no energy last night, man. I mean, that's the thing that stood out to me. And, and bear in mind now, I didn't watch the whole game like you probably did. I only watched the uh, third period of it, but just the lack of energy and just the lack of punch last night for the Hurricanes, it just it kind of worried me a little bit, dude. Yeah, I know that, that's fair. Um, I, I saw the game a little bit different. I thought this game was, was pretty evenly matched. Um I, I thought that, you know, the Hurricanes had a number of chances to put it away. Uh, Martin Nate just got tripped up on what was a wide uh, open net opportunity late in the third period uh, to tie the game. Uh, but let's talk about the Rangers for a moment. You know, they've now won six in a row. They went on a five-game uh, road trip where they won all five games on the road. They're coming back with a lot of momentum uh, behind them. And, I mean, you know, there have been times where – Madison Square Garden was the worst place to play if you were a Carolina Hurricane because they went they went a long time without winning in that arena. Uh, I don't think it's a return to that, but I thought the two teams were fairly evenly matched yesterday. Uh, a couple of things you look at, and I'll make an excuse this year, but you look down the uh, the box score, you see that New York had five power play opportunities. The Carolina Hurricanes had two. Yeah, and that makes a big difference, right? When you when you spend a good amount of the game on the kill. I mean, you spend half of a period, really, when you add it all up, on the kill. And New York just has four minutes of penalty that they have to kill off. And and one of the goals, the, the second goal that um, the Rangers got, you, you kind of use the term uh, extended power play. So the, power, the, the Rangers' power play is over, but the puck is trapped in their offensive zone, and the Hurricanes haven't got a chance to, uh, they haven't cleared the puck yet, so they're not able to to change so you have the what's left of the power play group out there or the penalty kill group I should say uh and then they're tired and the Rangers find a way to score because the Hurricanes hadn't yet cleared and got a chance to to change the line so um I I thought the Canes certainly were not out of that game last night I thought they played just as well as the Rangers the Rangers just got the lucky bounce a lucky bounce that led them to uh, now eight and two. And when you look at the Metropolitan Division right now, <laughs> New York Rangers in first, New Jersey in second, New York Islanders in third. I don't know. That makes me a little itchy to see uh, all three of those up at the top of the Metropolitan, dude. 
I don't like it one bit, but uh, <laughs> it's it, it'll it'll write itself. Uh, the the Hurricanes are back in action on Saturday against the Islanders, so a chance to to move up a little bit in the standings, uh, which the Islanders and the Devils have two games in hand over the over the Hurricanes, and the Rangers have a game in hand over the Devils and the Islanders. Uh, so um, still a lot of hockey to be played, though, but don't worry. That that ship is going to ride itself. Those teams are, are not as good as their, their current records indicate. Well, and on top of all that, too, another road game. And, in fact, as I'm sitting here looking at the schedule, Paul Whittington, and as we're wrapping up here, uh, our visit with Paul this week uh, at the Islanders, like you said, they are home Tuesday, which by the way, you know, uh, you're going to be at the game, right? TBD. Oh no. I was hoping you were going to be there. Uh, uh, Jacques Pascal. I, I'm, I'm fairly confident I'll be there. Um, the, the only reason it gives me pause is I have returned to work. Um, and it's funny, I returned to work on Wednesday and I actually have today off. I didn't take it off. The company's closed today. It's our quarterly recharge day. Um, but I am, uh, that would be the first time that I was gone all day and then after work went to the game. So I would, Sam would be alone with child for roughly what, a little more than 12 hours, 14 hours. Uh, not, re- not, not sure if we're ready to make that big of a jump. <laughs> well, t- t- tell her you need some guy time with your boys. Uh, I don't know who you'll probably, you'll probably take. Uh, oh, uh, your English friend. What is? Why am I? Yeah, Brewster. Yeah, you'll probably take Brewster with you, and you'll get to see Jacques and I. I mean, uh, you know, uh, tell her you need some guy time. <laughs> I'll let her know. Okay, well, very good. Well, listen, Paul Whittington, thank you so much. We'll uh, we'll hopefully see you Tuesday. Hey, we'll see you tonight. What am I talking about? We'll see you tonight in Rocky Mountain for the Faith Christian Playoff game. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you then. What, what time are we getting out there? Uh, I'm going to be there about four. It's a, since it's the first time that we – I love that we're doing this on the air. People are going to love the little inside <laughs> baseball here. But, I mean, I've been in all sincerity, I've never been there before. I don't know what it looks like. I can't – I don't know if it's <coughs> – oh, God, please don't let it be open air. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping they have a, a, a press – a closed-in press box that uh, Coach Smith and I can sit inside, you know? We can't yep. be spoiled like the, what the, we ha- we can't be spoiled like what we have at Hodges Field, you know. The the sideline reporter in me would feel really really bad if you guys were cold. <laughs> I know you would, Paul. We'll see you tonight. <laughs> we'll be live right here at five o'clock on the Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show, dude. We'll see you then. Have a good one. There you go. Uh, again, thank you to Paul Whittington. As we are wrapping up our first hour of today's show, uh, thank you to Paul Whittington. For uh, joining us live from Garners, we talk a little NASCAR, a little Carolina Hurricanes. Coming up in our next hour, the debut of the uh, TGIF with IP. We'll talk to Matt Beeman from Parrot Academy on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.